the forbidden door of professional wrestling with heel turns and headlocks a podcast dedicated to all elite wrestling impact wrestling ring of honor and new japan pro wrestling hosted by bear DiGiulio and brian lapray Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Hill Turns and Headlocks podcast. My name is Brian LaPrey, and today we are talking once more New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, first and foremost, thank you. We are uh, trying out the whole New Japan route. It is the company that I watch more than any other and I have for a long time, but I've never really completely divin dove into whatever that proper word is podcasting. Uh, really, on a full time basis, on this podcast that I think is going to change. I feel like we got a pretty good response on the previous episode we did. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and check it out. That really gives you an introduction, I'd like to think, because we talked about the five matches that you need to see from New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I think can give you a background on the company as a whole. And one of the wrestlers we spoke about on that episode was Katsuyori Shibata. We spoke about his classic G123 match against Tomohiro Ishii, one of his many classic matches. Uh, Obviously, Shibata, though, is not a full-time competitor anymore. He is someone who actually trains at the LA Dojo. He runs it. He has produced some intriguing talents, including Alex Coughlin. Uh, Ren Narita went over there for a second dojo run, if you will. In fact, many wrestlers have made it a point to seek out Shibata because he is so respected within this industry as someone who has that mixed martial arts background that professional wrestling major venue main event kind of status uh, but also someone who just has this wealth of knowledge to dig into because he is by all means and measures one of the greatest of all time Uh, he really epitomizes what it means to be a professional wrestler. It's why his nickname, plain and simple, was The Wrestler. It's why he came down to the ring wearing nothing but black tights and black boots and maybe some wrist tape. You know, he he was no frills. He was everything that pure wrestling fans loved. He was technically flawless. He was an all-time striker. And more than anything, he was an incredible, incredible storyteller. Now, I'm speaking in the past tense, but the reason we're even doing this episode is because there is some glimmer of hope, I guess you could say. Katsuyori Shibata, in his 40s, yes, early 40s, he's only 42, in wrestling, modern wrestling years, that's really not that old anymore. Uh, But while he hasn't been a full-time wrestler since 2017, when he suffered that scary head injury against Kazuchika Okada in one of the greatest matches in wrestling history, despite the injury, I would encourage you to go check that out. Despite that, we have seen Shibata pop up quite a bit 
over the last, let's say, year or so. In October of 2021, he had a coming-out-of-nowhere incredible grappling rules match, like those old UWF matches, against Zack Sabre Jr. It was incredible. It came out of absolutely nowhere. I Honestly, that that that's really the only way I can put it. It was not announced for the card. It was not supposed to be there. It, w- it wasn't supposed to happen, but he and Zack Sabre Jr. basically put on a grappling clinic for five minutes, no strikes, and it was a blast to watch. Three months later, a little under, Wrestle Kingdom 16, Katsuyori Shibata wrestled Ren Narita. They aforementioned Ren Narita, basically the individual who people refer to as Young Shibata. Narita, of course, <clears throat> excuse me, in his mid-20s, only 24 years of age, already being heralded as one of the future pillars of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He and Shibata had a damn good match at Wrestle Kingdom. I personally thought it was one of the best matches of the show. And it was fun to see Shibata grapple with his, I guess, mentee. But also fun to see him throw some strikes and see if we could, I mean, really, I guess, test his limits and see how much he can handle. He has spoken about the fact that his comeback will be gradual, and that ultimately led to Forbidden Door, the AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling joint event, when Shibata and Will Ospreay came face-to-face, and including Shibata and Orange Cassidy, the great sunglasses exchange. It was a hell of a moment. Because of all of this... New Japan Pro Wrestling fans, our imaginations continue to run wild about whether or not Shibata will return to the ring full-time, whether or not Shibata will become a professional wrestler again versus a trainer who dabbles in professional wrestling, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't know what the likelihood is. That is the best answer I can give. I have no idea if this is even remotely possible, but... This is the beginning of a three-part series in which we are going to look at what a Katsuyori Shibata return to professional wrestling on a full-time basis would actually look like. On one end, I think you have Shibata being someone who can rekindle rivalries. On the other end, someone who can start new rivalries. And now with a third possibility, someone who can enter the Forbidden Door. We're going to look at all of those possibilities in separate episodes Starting with, well, the home promotion, New Japan Pro Wrestling. We're going to talk about the five dream matches, and I believe every single one of these fits that bill. The five dream matches that currently await Katsuyori Shibata in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Long-winded introduction aside, I promise the other two episodes will have shorter and more summarizational, if that's a word, introductions. But putting all that aside, let's get right into it. We're going to start at number one, and we're going to start at someone who... Realistically, if Shibata hadn't been injured, I have to imagine they would have crossed paths. I have to imagine they would have wrestled, if not in the New Japan Cup, then likely over the Never Openweight Championship. An individual who is a junior heavyweight, who wrestles against many heavyweights, including Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii, both of whom he had great matches against, and an individual who refuses to come up from junior heavyweight despite having the frame to do so. I'm talking about Hiromu Takahashi. Now, if you're not familiar with Hiromu, get familiar. He is the ultimate blend of incredible striking, ridiculous pacing, daredevil tactics, and mountains of charisma. He is, in many ways, the antithesis of everything that Katsuyori Shibata stood for, and in other ways, 
everything that he stood for. He is strong style through and through. He is all about respecting professional wrestling and, and pouring everything he has into what he loves. And he's spoken. He understands his style will not yield him the longest of careers. But so far, it has already yielded him a great deal of success. 32 years of age. Hiromu is one of the most popular wrestlers in all of Japan. If you watch any New Japan show, you will see people holding Daryl and Aoru. You will see people wearing his shirts and... and screaming at the top of their lungs when he comes out. I mean, we're talking about a four-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, a four-time Best of the Super Junior. Look, he's pretty much in that tier of the absolute best wrestlers on planet Earth. He takes chances that Shibata never would, but he also throws strikes that Shibata would smile at because these two, I mean, look... These two do not share a lot of similarities, but that strike fest would be legendary. Seeing Katsuyori Shibata pick apart Hiromu Takahashi would be legendary. And, and I really look at this match in a way where I point back to one of my favorite Katsuyori Shibata matches, which was during his last year as a full-time wrestler against Will Ospreay. And Ospreay had just come off of that incredibly divisive match against Ricochet where half the internet loved it and half of them were calling it the biggest disgrace to professional wrestling since, I don't know, something way worse than just a wrestling match. Uh, But what made that match so fascinating and what made it one of my favorite Shibata matches and one of my favorite Osprey matches is right after that high-flying spectacle between Osprey and Ricochet, Shibata took this match not even just to the mat because that that is what you'd expect, right? Shibata being the technician that he is, taking the high flyer to the mat, slowing things down. What he did was he methodically picked Will Osprey apart and basically made him prove that Osprey could win a match without relying on high-flying tactics. There were still aerial moves, of course, that's a part of his arsenal, as there should be, but Shibata and Osprey crafted this incredible story where Shibata took away everything that was his strength and made Osprey prove that he could compete at the highest possible level without relying on what his reputation had become, which is that of a high-flying wrestler. I think that could translate well to this match against Hiromu Takahashi, where we saw Hiromu wrestle against Minoru Suzuki earlier this year, and they had a, a match that was probably equally divisive, just chop after chop for what felt like an eternity, I thought it was a great match. Maybe the ending wasn't as clean as people wanted, but I thought it was a great match. And I think you could see something similar between Hiromu and Shibata, but in a way where Shibata would, as much as Minoru Suzuki is obviously capable of doing, but I think Shibata would learn from that and be willing to trade those strikes and be willing to have Hiromu prove to him that he can hang in that strong style arena of the never open weight world. But I also think Shibata would do things to neutralize the pace advantage that Hiromu has over so many people he wrestles. I think he would do a lot of things to make Hiromu beat him without relying on those dangerous tactics. And I think that's an interesting and genuinely compelling reason for this match to occur. If it would, if it's over a title, I mean, hey, Shibata after Ishii and Goto is pretty much the number one person associated with the Never Openweight Championship. Hiromu Takahashi as a junior heavyweight would be likely to wrestle for that title if he's going to face a heavyweight or even if they just encounter each other in the new japan cup or something of that nature 
one way or another, I think it would be incredible. And that is a match that I believe is a genuine dream match, especially for modern New Japan, that needs to happen. Now, going from the perhaps the king of the junior heavyweights to the current king of the heavyweights, and that is Switchblade King Switch Jay White. Uh, Jay White a meteoric rise really that there's really no other way to describe it jay white has become the epitome of what a lot of people love about pro wrestling and i know i said that about katsuri shibata but that's the point he is 29 years old he's already accomplished pretty much everything there is to accomplish he was the first ever new japan pro wrestling grand slam champion the fifth ever triple crown champion i mean former iwgb heavyweight champion current iwgp world heavyweight champion and he's had the Intercontinental, the Never Open Weight, the United States Heavyweight. He came over to the United States during COVID and pretty much led the the American push, if you will, for New Japan to stay relevant in that international market. And he had great matches all year. I, I mean, his match against Alex Shelley in Impact Wrestling, one of the best matches of the year. I mean that sincerely. I think Jay White... <clears throat> proved time and time again throughout that that run on that i guess second excursion another great match against chris sabin uh you know he he really took impact by storm he had a great match with eric young tag team matches with chris bay as a tag team partner where he elevated bay to the point of being one of the i would argue top stars in impact and one of those guys who really seems like, hey, maybe he's going to head over to New Japan and have success himself. Regardless, uh, Chris Sabin, Alex Shelley, Eric Young, uh, Chris Bay, Trent Beretta, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the, it's a diverse list of styles and competitors that Jay White adapted to and was really able to expand what he does himself. And that includes all the stuff that he's done in New Japan Pro Wrestling this year. Jay White what makes him unique, what makes him special. It's really simple. Whatever he needs to do is whatever he does. He is technically on point. His move set is well-rounded and filled with devastating grapples. He is he throws some of the nastiest chops in all of pro wrestling. When it comes down to getting down on the mat and working that way, he is more than capable of doing that. He is the type of wrestler who wrestles at his own pace, no matter who he's in the ring with. He controls the pace, he controls the flow of the match, and who is arguably the best that we have seen at doing that? It's Castiori Shibata. He's certainly high on the list. I think these two would be a perfect matchup. I think Jay White, despite being a little more cowardly in those Bullet Club tactics, is very much like a modern Katsuyori Shibata. He has a hundred ways to beat you. He, Yes, he relies maybe on a specific finisher, but it's not the only way that he can end matches. See the TTO, see the Kiwi Crusher, the Sleeper Suplex, Blade Buster, etc., etc., etc. Jay White has been mentored by some of the best. He has been trained by some of the best. He understands the essence of what professional wrestling is and that is a not only a battle of the bodies but a battle of the minds and that's what makes him the perfect opponent for Katsuyori Shibata because that's exactly who Shibata was yes he would beat the ever-living crap out of you with strikes and submissions and anything in between but he was someone who was so thoughtful in the way he approached professional wrestling he was someone who was so thoughtful in the way that he approached winning matches and I think that 
is exactly what makes Jay White successful and exactly why this match absolutely needs to happen if Shibata can make a full-time return to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, the first two matches, well, they were dream matches that don't really have a backstory. And if they do, it's it's somewhat minimal. I won't say they don't have a backstory, but it's minimal. This third one is a match that simply needs to happen. This is a match that simply... The only way to really put it is to say that these two have history and this is a match that is well over a decade in the making. I mean, it's almost 20 years in the making. Katsuyori Shibata versus Kenta. Now, if you are familiar with pro wrestling Noah, then you likely know that Katsuyori Shibata and Kenta, well, they were a tag team. They were a takeover. They were quite successful at that. Uh, these two guys wrestled a limited number of matches together, yes, but the similarities in their styles, the influence that Kenta had on Shibata, see that legendary running corner dropkick, it's led so many people to wondering if or when we will ever actually see these two wrestle one-on-one. Because while their in-ring experience is limited, they came in to pro wrestling Noah and they pretty much knocked off some top dogs. They got wins over Mitsuharu Misawa, Akira Tawe, Go Shiyazaki. They looked like they could dominate. And obviously, things happen, life goes on. But this is not something that is buried in the past. This is not something that has been left for other people to one day uncover on their own. This is something that, in a lot of respects has a New Japan Pro Wrestling background. It is something that in a lot of respects has reason to be viewed and and valued, if you will, by New Japan Pro Wrestling crowds. Because if you remember, when Kenta joined Bullet Club, it was Shibata who came out to confront him. Obviously, we couldn't see anything come of that because Shibata had not been cleared to wrestle. Now, we kind of have to sit here and wonder. They have so much history together. They're close friends. They have been seemingly become rivals in New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is a match between two of the greatest strikers in the history of the business. Two guys who undoubtedly influenced many, many wrestlers. Kenta perhaps more so than Shibata in the influence circle, but when you look at guys like Red Narita, it's too soon to say that Shibata won't get there himself. This is just a good old-fashioned great backstory wrestling match where everything else that happens is built beautifully upon a platform that is storytelling. I would love to see this match. I know I'm far from alone. In fact, I would say if any of the matches on this list happen, this is the one that needs to, especially because there is the backstory behind it from Pro Wrestling Noah, from their personal friendship, from the fact that Shibata and Kenta have even interacted in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring. I think it's inevitable. Whether or not that's true, I cannot wait to see it happen. Now, another individual who may be considered a junior heavyweight but is essential to wrestle Katsuyori Shibata is the recently returned Kushida. And if you're familiar with these two, then you know why it needs to happen. They are two of the absolute best technical wrestlers in the world. Two of the best technical wrestlers I have ever seen. Plain and simple. Uh, Kushida knows how to go after the arm as well as anybody. 
Shibata knows how to go after the leg as well as anybody, and if they have to change it up, they are more than capable of doing so. These are two guys who helped lead New Japan Pro Wrestling for a long time. Uh, Shibata, obviously, in that open weight heavyweight picture. Kushida more in that junior heavyweight junior tag picture. But they were pillars of the company. They, they were on every major card in significant matches. And maybe that's overstating it a bit, but not by much. These guys are essential to what New Japan Pro Wrestling was during their time with the company. Times, I suppose, respectively, as professional wrestlers full-time. Now Kushida's back. Now Katsuyori Shibata may be coming back. I think this is a match that we need to see. Similar to what we've seen from Shibata and Zack Sabre Jr., I think Kushida can hold his own in the same way. Kushida on the mat is pretty much unrivaled. He's in that Zack Sabre Jr., Brian Danielson tier to me. And I think Shibata deserves to be considered the same. Maybe Shibata doesn't go for the submissions as often or in the, I guess complex ways that Kushida does and that Sabre does, but he's more than capable. I think this is the epitome of what the Openweight Championship can be. This embodies everything that that championship should be, in my opinion, which is pairing those heavyweights and those junior heavyweights together and letting those rare but important battles happen. Uh, Kushida certainly has the frame to put on the mask to become a heavyweight, but he's returned as a junior. But that doesn't mean this shouldn't happen. In fact, I was shocked to find out that it never did. I mean, these two guys are so damn good. They're two of the best wrestlers of their time. They both have multiple five-star matches. They both have legendary associations with titles that are at the core of what New Japan stands for. And somehow, some way, they've never crossed paths in a one-on-one environment. I think this is a match that maybe, if only one can happen, it might be the one that should happen, in the sense that if Shibata is still testing out what he's capable of doing in the ring, Kushida's the type of opponent with the experience, yes, but also the style that I think would fit better in a way to protect the head of Shibata and, and test what else he can do, much as that match against Saber and that match against Narita did. I, I don't know the likelihood of this. I understand the same thing as Hiromu. This is a junior and a heavy, but this is a match that I absolutely view as a dream match and a match that I absolutely hope and pray we get to see in a New Japan ring one day. Now, the fifth, and I think we all know not final, but let's say final person on this list is someone who strangely has never crossed paths with Kachiori Shibata simply because they arrived after Shibata had to unfortunately walk away from professional wrestling. It's someone who is an anchor for what New Japan Pro Wrestling is in the modern anger is basically someone who you cannot mention New Japan without directly speaking of. And that, of course, is Shingo Takagi. Now, I know I said that matches against Kenta and Jay White, Hiromu, Kushida, all essential. And I know I said that Kenta is the match that I hope happens the most because of the backstory. But if we take stories away and we just want to see a great, hard-hitting professional wrestling match, health-permitting, between Katsuyori Shibata and someone on this list, give me Shingo. Shingo has dominated New Japan 
and there's no really really no way around that he came in immediately became a junior heavyweight tag team champion went to the best of super junior went undefeated all the way to the finals he won the never open weight championship including a one of my personal favorite feuds of the last five years the shingo versus roki goto who obviously had legendary matches and a legendary rivalry with shibata uh and then since then Shingo has just steadily been the man. You know, he's made the King of Pro Wrestling Championship feel important. It's something that a lot of people didn't think could happen. He was the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship pretty much throughout the era of COVID where fans were not allowed at shows or were allowed, but were not allowed to make any noise whatsoever. Now things are a little bit more vibrant. Shingo helped New Japan get through that. He really carried them in a lot of ways. He was the anchor. He was the pillar at a time where Okada was seemingly figuring himself out and a time when Tanahashi maybe had gotten past the point of being viewed as the flag bearer for the company at a time where Ibushi and Osprey and so many others were getting injured left and right at a time where a lot of wrestlers couldn't even be there like Jay White because of COVID restrictions. Shingo carried the company. And I don't think that happened because there was no competition. I think that happened because Shingo is Shingo. He's the man. He was the man in Dragon Gate. He's the man in New Japan. He is really the perfect opponent for Shibata. If you love the matches between Shibata and Ishii or Shibata and Goto or Shibata and even Minoru Suzuki, even though I acknowledge the stylistic differences there, you would love a match between Kazuhiro Shibata and Shingo Takagi. Again, health permitting, assuming Shibata can do anything in the ring, those two would throw bomb after bomb after bomb. Shingo has had incredible matches, again, against Ishii and Goto, much like Shibata. Those matches, I think, give something of a blueprint, but I think the difference is, is that Shibata is such a great technician that it throws a wrinkle in there that I don't think Shingo has encountered during his New Japan career. Yes, he had that brief moment in time with Minoru Suzuki, and I think that's a great parallel for sure, but I think that Shingo hasn't really had someone who can stand in and throw bombs besides Suzuki who can also take things down to the mat and tear him apart limb by limb. That's a unique kind of battle, especially when Shingo's had so many great matches against Zack Sabre Jr. and so many great matches against people who can throw bombs but maybe not do the whole submission thing. Or not that they can't, but that it's just not their style. Uh, I think that this is essential viewing. I think that this is main event worthy on any card it's on. Not the only one on this card where that's on this list where that's true, but certainly Shibata and Shingo is must see. Uh, I don't know if or when this match will happen. I said that about the others as well, but this really just comes down to two guys who love pro wrestling and will give anything it takes to tell their stories. And I think when you put those people together, it can produce some very special results. I, I don't like to be like, oh, five star match. I think all of these matches have that potential, but there's just something about the idea of Shibata and Shingo that is almost exhilarating. It's thrilling to consider that as a possibility. It's thrilling to consider the fact that two of the best wrestlers in the world who unfortunately never crossed paths through no fault of their own could finally step into the ring while both are considered 
to be at the height of their powers. And and I know I'm making assumptions about Shibata when I say this, but I think his comeback, much like, I know people are not happy with him right now, but much like CM Punk's comeback would be received in a way where people would be looking at it like, okay, here we go. We're not here for you to mid-card. We're here for you to pursue the height, the highest of heights. Shingo right now is very much a a gatekeeper for the highest of heights. And I don't mean that in an insulting way. I mean that if you're going to be truly a world champion, you got to be able to hang with Shingo because Shingo is as good as anyone in the world and maybe better, you know? So again, I don't know what kind of match we would get between these two, but they are among the best to ever do it. I believe that truly. I got, I was fortunate and privileged enough to watch Shingo in Dragon Gate. I was fortunate enough to watch him go wrestle in Europe and wrestle in the United States and do all this stuff in the 2000s. And now to see him where he is is incredible, but also something that I think we all saw coming if you were a part of that generation that got to see Shingo go. So look, I'll take all five of these matches, but if I only get one, I know I said Kenta, but it's hard for me to say anyone other than Shingo. Now, as anyone who's listened to us before knows, we're not going to end on the five. Not because it's not a nice number or something like that, but simply because we've got an honorable mention for you. We've got one where I mentioned Pro Wrestling Noah before. We're going to talk about a Pro Wrestling Noah legend, a guy who has been absolutely thrilling to watch in New Japan. He's had classic matches against the aforementioned Hiromu Takahashi. Engaged in something of a rivalry with Kushida. He is a junior heavyweight as well, I know, but I'm talking about Taiji Ishimori. One of the best technical wrestlers in the world, one of the best all round wrestlers in the world, one of the best junior heavyweights of all time. And if you haven't seen his New Japan Cup match against the Great Okan, I encourage you to go check it out. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's an all time classic, but it's a great example of what makes Ishimori special. I mean, he's giving up pretty much a foot in height and who knows how many pounds against Okan. And it's almost like I never even realized that while they were wrestling, despite knowing it. That's how good Ishimori is at neutralizing disadvantages and using his submissions, his unworldly quickness, agility, speed to his advantage while also being underrated in the power game. He is chiseled like a god and he wrestles like one too. Uh, he and Shibata, I mean, it's just two great technical wrestlers who can do a little bit of everything, whatever they need to, going toe-to-toe, pro wrestling Noah Roots. I know somewhat limited for Shibata, but still. I would love to see this happen for a variety of reasons, mainly because I just want to see these two on the mat trading holds and showing who the best is at what they do. And if that's not a good enough reason for you, well, unfortunately, I don't know what is. Now, all that said... Thank you all for listening. I unfortunately don't have Bear here to say boom. That would be nice. But I will say I appreciate you taking the time to listen to some New Japan content over here. Uh, It's something that I am looking forward to getting into. And again, as I said at the beginning, this is the first of three Katsuyori Shibata Dream Match style episodes where we explore who he could be wrestling and what that would really look like and why it should happen. Uh, So if you're interested in that, well, come on back. If you're not... Well, thank you for listening to this one. Either way, I appreciate the time you've taken, and I just want to say, please, if you can't do anything else, stay safe, you know, stay calm, carry on, I don't know, uh, but stay safe out there, and uh, please, if you can't do anything else, keep on loving professional wrestling. Thanks for listening. 
Catch us on Twitter at heel underscore turns underscore pod and on Instagram at heel turns and headlocks. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye-bye.